Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, well, we'll get the recording started and, and get to it because we have, we have a lot we want to cover, as you can imagine. Ooh, let's do it. I, 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 kept, I, I, I might even cancel practice if we go that long. <laughs> is that a challenge? Is that a, <laughs> is that a threat? Uh, I, I would like to retract that statement. <laughs> I, I would. I would if I were you. We have nothing better to do, Coach. We don't care about football signing day. We don't care, like, at all. I don't well, care about I, the basketball game tonight. Hey, I love you guys, but I don't want to talk to anybody for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bama Beat Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles and Home Field Apparel. I'm Brett Hudson. I'm joined, as always, by Hunter Johnson, but you don't care about us. You care about our guest. He was a football and baseball player at Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, a member of the National Honor Society, and a member of the Moo Alpha Theta Mathematics Honor Society. He is also Alabama's baseball coach, Brad Bohannon. Coach, thank you for wading into our nonsensical podcast once again. You know, I had no idea I was in some math society. I mean, I, I know it's true. It's just I hadn't heard that in 30 years. Where'd you dig that up? Uh, well, you're, you'd be you'd be surprised what happens when you Google your name. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I found a I found a story from from Darlington School. I guess when you got the the job at, at Bama, they were probably all hyped up to to put forth one of their alums as a SEC head baseball coach. So this is the price that comes with fame. <laughs> um, people, uh, it's, it's a lot easier to find out information about your, your high school and college days than you would like. Although I, I will admit, I cannot find a single statistic from your time at Barry college. Cannot find them. I don't know where they are. You know, I never got out in college. I never made an error. I never <laughs> struck out. I never got out. It's unbelievable. I have no way of disproving it. So I, I have no choice, but to, to take you at your, at your word. So we, we have a lot to get to, as, as you can imagine. And I can I can almost guarantee you that at least half of our questions are about baseball, at least half of them, maybe more than that. I don't know. But before we do that, Hunter has to tell you about Home Field Apparel. Quick word on Home Field Apparel. Home Field is li- premium licensed collegiate apparel out of Indianapolis that features incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. As you know, if you followed Brett or I on Twitter, you know that Homefield recently released an Alabama baseball – I'm sorry, basketball shirt. They need to do baseball, but they did a basketball shirt. Um, and so um, if you have not made a purchase using our, our promo code, go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BAMABEAT for 20% off. Again, that's promo code BAMABEAT. Brett? I want to start with a little bit more from you on the mindset of, of this team. You said last week that this team doesn't necessarily feel like it's arrived, but it also doesn't feel some burden to prove itself since most of your roster has been here for a season or less. So those guys have lost a grand total of one baseball game in Alabama. I'm, I'm curious how much of that is that exact fact that you only have two guys on your roster that were here in the 2018 season. Or if there are other factors like locker room culture contributing to this change in frame of reference. Well, I think you're always trying to prove something, especially when you play in the Southeastern Conference. So, you know, I, I don't want that to be taken the wrong way. But, you know, I think the point is when we first got here uh, and in my first couple of years, you know, you had a group of kids that had just 
played on some teams that hadn't won a lot for multiple years. And um, I, I think initially there, there's a little bit of a mentality hump that you have to get over of, of, you know, expecting to win and not, you know, in the back of your mind, just assuming, you know, some bad things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, my whole point is we have a really young group and that's, you know, one of the knocks on this team is we just don't have a lot of, you know, college experience or SEC experience in a year in college baseball where there's going to be more experience and more age than ever before. But, um, you know, we've got 19 guys that are technically freshmen. You know, those kids that were here last year, they, they get the COVID redshirt year. And even though, you know, they're they're more mature physically and emotionally, they've never played in an SEC game. So, you know, we have at least 19 guys that have never played in an SEC game and only two juniors and two seniors. So, um, you know, you start looking at those guys and, and the whole time they've been here, they're 16 and one. So, um, you know, I think this group also has some key personnel that are genuinely confident. You know, we have some kids that uh, that are they're good and, and they know that they are good baseball players and they genuinely believe in, in themselves and that rubs off on their teammates. Let's, let's start with the pitching side of things. You, you said that seven or eight guys will get extended outings in the first few weeks of the season is that sustainable through an entire season do you think you can structure your pitching staff in a way where you can cover most of your innings from seven or eight guys taking extended outings or will two or three of those guys eventually work their way into one inning bullpen rolls you know brett i I think it'll uh take care of itself organically um you know there's a couple of guys that have stood out you know i think i'd be remiss to to not say that that Connor Prelope has has kind of separated himself. Um, Chase Lee and Brock Guffey are two older guys that have had a lot of success pitching out of the pen. And um, you know, I like to steal something from Coach Oates, uh, our basketball coach, and he he talks about, hey, I don't necessarily start the the best five. You know, I'm really concerned about who's finishing the game. And um, those outs at the back end of the game are harder to get. You know, young baseball players. They just focus at a higher level late in the game when the game's on the line, and and they're um, they'll give a, some at bats away early and then in the middle of the game. So you know all of the innings are important, but I really value what Chase and and Brock Guffey have done in their careers here, and I think that's really important to be strong in the back end. So um, you know I think those those three guys that are you know in a good spot to to have certain roles, and then after that we just don't have a lot of separation. Uh, we've got, you know, six, seven, eight guys that uh, are we're very confident in that that can help us win SEC games. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. And right now, I would say that all of those guys are going to get some opportunities to have extended outings. And I would assume over time that some of the guys will pitch a little better than others. And if that happens, I think it would make sense to extend their roles. And if guys aren't as sharp, then maybe it makes a little more sense to shorten their role or make sure that they're in a more favorable matchup. Um, but, you know, there's no certain timetable to, to try to do that. We're just going to kind of let it let it happen and uh, stay open-minded and try to be creative. Coach, I wanted to ask you about, you know, I don't know if he's one of these seven or eight guys or not, but an intriguing guy on this Alabama roster is Hunter Ruth, um, one of the few guys on this team with SEC experience, and ironically, came, the majority of it came against Alabama. Um, when he picked up a win in seven and two thirds innings a couple of years ago, um, you know, he's battled injuries. Is he fully healthy now? And do you think he's a guy that is going to be able to give you some innings this year? 
Hunter has a lot of ability. He's a fabulous young man. And, and like you said, he's had a lot of success in his career that he can draw upon. Um, he had some really good outings this fall and he, he's a little dinged up right now. Um, you know, he is throwing, he's just, a you know, behind some of the other guys from, a. um, you know, of, of where he is in, in his throwing. So we'll continue to bring him along slowly. And, and he's truly a wild card. He's somebody that's got a lot of ability and, um, you know, is someone that we'll probably have to ease into uh, opportunity and just kind of see what it looks like when, when he gets to that point where he's truly healthy. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, also on the, on the pitching staff, side of things um what's been the point of emphasis with Antoine Jean over the the fall and the winter how has he developed in uh, since the last time we saw him pitch Antoine looks like a different guy and if you've ever spent any time around him you know he is as impressive of a young man as anybody I've dealt with in my career as far as being genuinely determined and focused um he is just uh, absolutely uh, resilient in his uh, quest to, to get better. He's really changed his body. You know, he's a n- narrow-bodied kid, so he's he's never going to be, you know, 220 pounds, but uh, has made some tremendous strength gains, has really started to fill out his frame. Uh, his velocity has ticked up, and he's holding it better. Um, the big thing for that J.J. really focused with Antoine in the fall was his fastball command. Um, he's always had a tremendous change up. He's always spun the ball pretty well. And we really felt like that the next step for him was being able to truly command his fastball. So um, that has been a primary focus in his skill development. Uh, he's been outstanding early in the preseason. He's going to pitch a bunch and I feel like we're going to win when he's on the mound. Coach, can you talk a little bit about a guy who's this is be his third year in the program and Dylan Smith? How's his development come along? And do you think he's a guy that you know can you know kind of bridge the gap between your starters and those uh, you know guys in the back of the pen? Hunter, I'm really proud of Dylan, and he he's a guy that came in with a lot of talent. Um, pro baseball made a really strong run at him out of high school, and you know Dylan was like most freshmen, you know, he got here and it was just a big adjustment of being away from home and being in college. And, um, you know, he's a fabulous young man, but you know, his freshman year was hard for him. Um, and that's the way it goes for, for most guys. And he still got to pitch some and got some opportunity, you know, then last year, you know, we all lose last year. So even though he's a junior in college, you know, it's almost like he's a year behind, um, in our last scrimmage, he was electric. Uh, I mean, it was 93, 94, four pitches for a strike at will. Uh, he's made some huge strides, and it kind of starts with how he's going about his business. You know, he's just really matured, and uh, he's he's working and focusing uh, at a really high level, and, and it's showing up in the scrimmages. So Dylan's another guy that, that is going to be pitching on the weekends in some role. Um and if he continues to uh, consistently throw like he has the, these first couple of weeks, then uh, he's going to get a bunch of innings this year. Got me excited a little bit there. Talking electric. Okay, let, let's go. Um, I dropped another, I dropped electric early in the podcast. <laughs> another guy that I have a question on is um, a JUCO kid who came in as a two-way guy. I don't I don't I didn't hear anything about him working on the hill at all in the fall. Wonder if he was going to in the spring. And that's Davis Heller. 
Davis had a, a very good fall swing in the bat, and you know he was a legit two-way guy out of high school, and, and he's had some some arm injuries that he's been working through. So he has been on a throwing program. He's been on the mound a couple of times, uh, kind of like a Hunter Ruth deal, like uh, just going to have to be patient because he's just further behind, not necessarily from a skill standpoint, but just from a health standpoint. So um, trying to, to build up on the mound while you know playing first base and being in the mix to, to get at bats for us. So um, he has a chance to, um, you know, to get some innings at some point in his career here, but it's a little unfair for me to say I've never seen him throw to a batter. You know, I've seen him on the mound a couple of times recently where we're just kind of easing into it. So uh, Davis uh, is a really uh, strong and tangible young man, uh, got a bunch of hits in the fall, and he's going to get at bats for us this spring. Well, Hunter asked about uh, two of your JUCO additions, Hunter Ruth and Davis Heller, so I'll take the third. And, and Will Patota, what's the early look at him? Probably has the most power on our club, and Will came in, and he was rusty. You know, he's a really physical kid, and it's really easy power, and uh, he was a little rough around the edges, and, um, you know, uh, really didn't do a lot this fall to the very back end of it, and uh, you can tell he absolutely worked his tail off over the break, and he came back and has made some really nice strides. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, just – and I would tell him this to be perfectly honest, he really wasn't in the mix in, in my mind in October. Now, you know, we're two weeks, two and a half weeks from opening day. And it's like, Hey man, this guy deserves some opportunity, you know, and where, who's at bats is he taking, you know, uh, I don't know, but he's got big power and, um, and he's made some good strides and, and really uh, proud of the progress he's made to this point. Where do you see that positionally with Potato? Like where would you put him in, in the lineup? What options do you have there? Well, he's a corner outfielder, and you know his his bat and his offense is, is ahead of his defense. So, um, you know that's you know the, that's a tough spot to get at bats as corner outfield for the, for this group, and that, that's a good thing for the whole team. Can he play a little bit corner infield as well? We've just been focusing on, on left and right. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And, and we'll we'll move on to the the hitting side of things now that we're. We're here, but before we do that, honestly, Coach, I know you could probably do the Wickles read for us just on, on your own as an avid purveyor of the product. You may be having some right now for, for all I know. Wickles pickles are pickle products of all kinds, pickles, relishes, okras. There's a sandwich spread. There's a jalapeno spread that Hunter told me about recently. Family recipe, 90 years in the making, right here in the state of Alabama. Go to WicklesPickles.com to learn more about all of their products. Uh, Coach Bohannon may or may not have some some Wickles within arm's reach, potentially. I don't know what uh, what you got going on in your office today, Coach, but he's, he's a fan of the product, and, and so are we. So go to WicklesPickles.com to learn more about all of their products. Wickles Pickles, let's get wicked. So you just said that Will Patota has some of the most power on this team, so he may be a, a big part of, of the answer to this question. But Tyler Gentry and Brett Auerbach were responsible for 14 of your 39 doubles last year. They're both in the minor leagues. Who do you think is poised to increase their power production and give you some extra bases in your lineup? We're really going to miss those two guys. You know, Tyler Gentry is a guy that, you know, signed for 750 and Brett Auerbach was on pace to be a first or second team all-conference all player. So, you know, I, I don't think you replace that type of talent and experience. So 
Um, luckily, we do have some guys that have been around the block. You know, Sam Prater, it feels like he's been here forever. Um, Sam's going to have a great season. He's a really high-end offensive player. Drew Williamson is a guy that, uh, if you look at his numbers historically, he's gotten hits and gotten on base, but it's been a lot of singles. And he is really just a lot more efficient in, uh, in his stroke right now and really impacting the ball well. So I think you'll see a noticeable uptick in his extra base hit production. Uh, Owen Diodati is, you know, obviously a physical uh, guy that got off to a great start last year. So I would expect him to, to contribute extra base hit juice for us. And uh, Peyton Wilson, you know, for a guy that is not physically imposing, is, you know, he's a, a twitchy, wiry, powerful uh, kid and really impacts the ball well. So, um, you know, those are the, the four guys that I would imagine that will lead us in, with extra base hits. And obviously TJ Reeves has big power and, um, and Zane Denton has been a, a hit a bunch of doubles in the fall. So, um, you know, I don't think we're going to lead the league or be in the top third in the league in uh, slugging percentage, but I, I think we're going to get our share of extra base hits. With Jim Jarvis possibly making a move from, from second base to, to shortstop, and then, of course, um, Red Auerbach playing as much third as he did last year, there aren't really a ton of places where the infield returns as the way it was last year, but Drew Williamson could be one of those pieces back at, at first base. What does his next step as a player look like? Drew's a really good player. You know, he's going to be a big part of whatever success we have this year. And, um, you know, it's nice having a guy that's older and really mature and he's, he's played in the league. And, um, you know, I don't think at the time I really appreciated how well he performed as a freshman uh, in our league. You know, he played every day and, and had a nice season. So, um, you know, first base, it's obviously an offensive position, but you, you don't appreciate a first baseman's defense until you don't have a good one. Uh, Drew is, uh, uh, I would even probably put it elite, you know, at least well above average defensive first baseman. He really moves well for his, you know, to be 6'4", 230. He's pretty athletic and um, has really good glove skills. So uh, it, it's really comforting having a, a guy with such uh, extensive reach at first base with, with strong glove skills. And, uh, and I would expect that he's going to hit in the middle of the order and hopefully uh, drive in 50-plus runs for us. Coach, you got to talk about the coaching staff. Can you talk about the impact of not having a volunteer assistant this year? Boy, how much time do we have? Um, yeah, you know, that that's a frustrating deal, and um, it's way above my pay grade. It's an NCAA issue. But, you know, if you look at college baseball, we clearly have the worst ratio of full-time coaches per player. We have, you know, the worst scholarship structure and um, – and we actually generate some revenue, you know, so it's really frustrating. And, um, you know, we're fortunate. We have a tremendous coaching staff and we have two student assistants, Chandler Avant and Kyle Cameron that are just outstanding. You know, they played for us. Uh, it's been an easy transition for those two guys. And it's been really good for them because they've both probably gotten to do a lot more than they typically would have, you know, if we had a full coaching staff, but, um, you know, we're probably the only autonomy five school right now in the country that doesn't have a, you know, a volunteer assistant coach, um, you know, but it, you know, it is what it is. And like, so those are NCAA, um, decisions and hopefully at some point our sport will, um, we'll get another coach. If, if you're unable, if those legislations don't work their way through in between now and then, do you think you'll get a volunteer assistant back for the 2022 team? 
Yeah, so the uh, you know the way our sport works is you have a head coach, you have full two full time assistant coaches, and then you have a a coach that is technically a volunteer because they don't receive benefits, they're not recognized by uh, by anybody really, but it, it's a full time position. You know, they work you know full time hours, and um, that position is funded through camps. So we run camps in the winter and in, in the summer, and that's how you fund this volunteer coach position. Well. You know, right now we're not allowed to do camps. That's an NCAA uh, rule because of COVID. So, um, you know, whenever we're able to, to get camps back up and running, we'll be able to, to fund that position. Two hitters that didn't get full-time starting ABs last year but played enough to show some potential, Zane Ditton and Peyton Wilson. What do you envision as the roles for those two guys on this team? Well, Peyton Wilson's a really good player, and, you know, he was – right on the verge of being an everyday player right when our season ended and you know he had gotten some opportunity and had performed well so um you know Peyton is really versatile he can run he's got arm strength uh he can catch he can play in the infield he can play in the outfield and you know his his offense is well above ahead of his defense so we're trying to figure out where he fits the best but he's going to be a huge part of our club this year and he's going to be an everyday player and um, but he can run and he can get extra base hits. He's, he's confident. He's really competitive. He's, he's a tough kid and um, just a really well-rounded uh, player that can help us win in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I would think right now with, with Sam Prater back that Prater's going to see the, uh, most of his innings and at bats at second base or center field. Uh, he's probably going to play some of both of those two spots, and we'll kind of see where it shakes out. Some of that depends on you know, the pieces around him and how they perform. You know, Zane Denton's a guy that got a lot of opportunity last year. Somebody we've always really liked his bat. Um, you know, he didn't have a great freshman year, which is pretty normal for a freshman. He went out and played over the summer and, and really didn't play well. Um, and they came back in this fall and was like the best player in the world. I mean, he had an amazing fall. He hit, gosh, he hit about 450 with a bunch of extra base hits and hard contact and has really developed into an above-average defensive third baseman. So, um, and he's off to a good start this spring. So, um, you know, Zane is, has really performed well over the last few months and really pleased where his game is right now. As you know, Coach, we like to, to wrap up these these podcasts with kind of outside of, of baseball questions, and we'll get to those after this one. You mentioned earlier how much competition there is for – for playing time at corner outfield spots, and, and I think we've, we've gone somewhat deep into every person in that mix except for T.J. Reeves, or at least the, the most prominent ones. I know T.J. Was, was dealing with an injury over the, the fall, I believe. Where is he health-wise, and has he been able to to make any strides as a, as a player from the end of last year to right now as he was dealing with that? Yeah, so T.J. had a little... Um a lower leg procedure there at the back end of the fall, which wasn't um, anything extensive. So, you know, he shut down uh, early in the fall and he came back and uh, was really close to being a hundred percent. It was playing in a scrimmage the other day and tweaked the hamstring. So now we're, we're working through that, but um, you know, it's nothing that should keep them from being available opening day uh, unless we have a setback. So, you, you know, TJ is a really powerful, uh, young man he's got huge power he's a good athlete um you know his whole deal is just how consistent can he be you know can he make consistent contact and 
can, can he be the same guy every day? His upside is tremendous. Um, and, and I, I think he's going to have a huge impact. You know, if TJ uh, can be the, the TJ that we think he can be consistently, then then that makes us a, a great offensive team. Um, so he's somebody we really believe in, and uh, we, we need to get his, that hamstring healed up so he can get some at bats and, and uh, you know be be game ready on the 19th. All right, coach. These are the kind of yes. All right. So first of all, just need an update on how the dogs are doing. How have they handled the pandemic? Have they got tired of you. How's that going? The dogs are precious. Uh, Murphy's still the best dog in the world. Max is, is really coming, making a lot of progress. Um, the good thing about me being home for the pandemic a little more is got some more training in, so really proud of the, the progress he's made. And You know, he's not three yet, so he's still got, um, got that puppy <laughs> energy, but, but they're doing great, and they're fired up for the season. They can't wait. All right. Is there any unique skill that you developed during the pandemic? Well, I fished a bunch. I got to give a quick shout out to my man, John Howell, assistant golf coach of the Swinging Elephants. Uh, John and I just wore out the Black Warrior River. Uh, gosh, we were fishing four or five days a week. So you're still you stole my next question, and that was going to be who's a better fisher, you or John Howell? Well, <laughs> well, he's the one with the boat, so I better say that, that he is, or, or I'll be fishing from the bank. All right, another. How do you cook a steak? You know, I like to order my steak. I'm I'm very mediocre on the grill, so I, I, I'm more of a, a, a dry rub guy than a um, you know than a liquid marinade. But um, I, my, I'll, I'll be my my grilling uh, expertise is, is very mediocre. I, I got a better chance of getting a high level steak at a ordering it from somebody else than me cooking it up myself. You need to get with Howell. He can he can help you out with that. I believe it. I believe it. I had a tri-tip over there a few weeks ago. Man, it was pretty darn good. All right, Brett, you're up. <clears throat> so I had to know more about your high school football career. What positions did you play? Were your teams any good, et cetera? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I was a very good high school football player, you know, for, <laughs> for my level, uh, you know, for our level and all that. So, um, I, I, I had a great experience. Uh, we were in the playoffs uh, two of the three years that I was on the varsity. I was uh, we did like a run and shoot, so I was like a slot back on offense and played both ways. Was a, a linebacker on defense and um, just I really had an awesome experience and uh, you know it was like all county or you know all that kind of stuff and uh, uh, it, it was awesome. Really enjoyed it. Is there a feat of athleticism you think you could beat most or all of your players at? Like ping pong, swimming, uh, a distance run, whatever. Is there anything you could you think you could beat most or all of your players at? Oh, a free throw shooting contest for sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you have an obvious best basketball player on your team? Man, I gotta think Andrew Pinkney can really play. I mean, he is six three and he is a, a dynamic athlete. I, I I've heard rumors of tomahawk dunks and um, you know, and he, I, I I I do not want to post him up. I can tell you that. I, if I'm picking, he's on my team. If Davis Heller can move a little bit at six eight, that'd be that'd be tough as well. Yeah, you just gotta foul those guys. Just foul. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I hey, the the that. best thing. 
the best thing about being the head coach when you play basketball is, you know, a lot of the times whoever's on your team, they feel like they're not supposed to shoot and nobody's very comfortable fouling you. It's, it's awesome. about uh respecting the power i guess knowing knowing your role 20 at bats against connor prelim what do you do i hope i walk once or twice (laughs) okay yeah man i i haven't swung a bat i haven't hit bp in seven or eight years i mean i'm I'm 45 years old i i I got no interest in stepping in the box against that stuff okay yeah i was gonna say are you a lefty or righty you hit which side do you hit from i'm right-handed hitter so, yeah, 20 at-bats against Chase Lee. Oh, I'm not even stepping in a box in that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You think Sorry, I want to see a slider? You. you think I want to see a slider starting out behind my back? <laughs> that, that's when you that's fake an it, injury, you know, like, oh, my wrist hurts. That's what one thing that from sitting behind home plate, it's so freaking fun to watch him pitch because these righties get up there and they think most of them have probably never seen anything like this. And, you know, they're bailing out so fast. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Chase is, um, you know, he, I, I could talk for the whole podcast about him, but um, right-handed hitters, I mean, that is just a really, really tough matchup. And he's Chase has made some real strides in getting those lefties out, but man, you, you talk about an uncomfortable at bat for a right-handed hitter, man, that's good luck. Now let me let me see if you take the bait to, to trash talk on your own staff. Twenty at bats against Kyle Cameron. What do you do? <laughs> uh, I, I would think I could sneak one through the six hole. I, I would okay. think I could could, could uh, bounce a six hopper through the infield maybe. <laughs> if if you were to retire today, where's the first place you and Kim go? Ooh man, good question. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. That threw me for a loop there. Um, golly. Yeah, I, I could think of about 10 vacation trips I'd like to take. Uh, um, and then that I'd have to mix in. I don't know if I would go fishing first or, <laughs> or we're going, you know, overseas or something. Uh, and I guess the, the, the real the real answer is wherever she wants to go, right? Right. That that is that is absolutely the the correct answer. She, she's put um, up with me coaching for you know for the the whole time we've been together. I, I would say that whenever I'm done with this, that she's going to get priority for a while. Probably, probably. Well, I, I have to go to a wedding in Scotland in August, so I'll I'll report back and and let you know if that's a place you should you should visit. Okay, these are really rapid fire, and these will these will end us up. And it's either or questions very quickly. Cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Podcasts or music? Podcast. Coffee or hot chocolate? Coffee. Text message or phone call? Text. Fly private or own a yacht? Fly private. Milk or juice? Juice. And finally, a walk-off homer or a strike out the side in the ninth? Chicks dig the long ball. Out of boy. <laughs> Attaboy. Uh, spoken like a true former position player. <laughs> a- absolutely. And, and of course, when, when you say podcast, you mean the Bama Beat podcast, I assume. I think, yeah, he was sucking up a little bit there, I think. That, that was insinuated, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, of course it was. I, I know that uh, he just cannot wait to get our, our weekly takes, Hunter. Well, <laughs> Coach, we, we greatly appreciate your time. We know you're you're probably trying to to think up 
13 different combinations for an opening day lineup right about now. But we uh, we appreciate you taking a brief break from that to join us here on the Bama Beat podcast. Well, thanks for having me, guys, and excited to see you guys out at the Joe. For sure. We Looking forward wait. to it. All right, roll Tide. Roll Tide. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.